0: Welcome to Voices of Taos. My name is Laura Martin-Baseman, and I'm the producer of this new podcast from the Taos News. Every week, we will be bringing you a voice from our Taos community guest this week is John Kelly, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Taos Ski Valley. He's been working at TSV since 2015. Before that, he spent 10 seasons at Telluride Ski Resort. Welcome, John.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Laura.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you here. So you came um, kind of a roundabout way to Taos we were talking right before we started recording that you're actually from Tennessee. Could you tell me a little bit about how a kid from Tennessee ended up, you know, being excited about skiing and then ended up in Colorado and then came to Taos?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I I grew up in a family that our vacations were, you know, to the mountains, either the Rocky Mountains or the Smoky Mountains. And uh, we'd come out West, you know, once every four years to to ski and then uh, skied a lot in North Carolina and West Virginia and things like that. So I started getting the um, started getting hooked kind of early on, and um, after college, found my way out to Colorado because that's where I wanted to be. I not necessarily Colorado, but the Rocky Mountains and and in the ski culture and the ski industry.
0: Cool. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty awesome. And I think a lot of people who live out west forget that there's mountains. You know. Uh, east of the Mississippi. <laughs> totally.
1: That's where most people learn how to ski, right? Exactly. They learn how to ski there, and then they come out west.
0: Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are pretty spoiled out here, but mm-hmm. there is some good
1: skiing out there for sure.
0: So um, what was it like working up in Telluride?
1: It was great, and I learned a ton. Uh, I started out um, kind of on the, the ticket checking, guest services, lift operations side of things, and I uh, was able to work my way up through some different positions. Uh, And and like you said, spent 10 seasons there, um, met my wife there, had our first two kids there. And and so, um, you know, moving to Taos um, was really uh, impactful for us. And we are so glad we did it. Uh, We like you said, we got here about eight years ago, and it's been um, this community, this town, this mountain, everything about Taos is, is as we know, both really unique and really special. And so it's been a great move for our family.
0: I, you know, I've spent a little bit of time uh, skiing up in Colorado, mm-hmm. but Taos Ski Valley is my home mountain. My mom taught me to ski when I was two up there, which is really fun. Nice. But I... Kind of what is the big like cultural difference between like ski resorts in Colorado and ski resorts in northern New Mexico?
1: Well, one of the things that we're really proud of up at the Ski Valley yeah. is that we're one of the the few kind of major independent ski resorts left. Uh, there's definitely some in Colorado, but I think as you think about the Colorado experience versus the northern New Mexico experience, and, and that's not just Taos, right? That's that's Red River. That's Angel Fire. That's Sipapu. Uh, it's, it's something that we really think of as kind of the – the essence of skiing, you know, really um, having that experience with the mountain, with the sport, where you're not as distracted by, you know, long lift lines. or You're not as distracted by, um, you know, kind of the ski corporation uh, type experience. So I think that's what really distinguishes uh, Northern New Mexico Ski Resorts Taos from some of the ones up in Colorado.
0: You know, not having long lift lines, especially on a powder day, is especially
1: <laughs> <Totally>. important. <Yeah. laughs>
0: and so... Speaking of, you know, things that are happening up at TSV, everybody was pretty excited about the new lifts being put in this summer. So mm. could you tell us a little bit about that project and how it went? And that's a lot of equipment mm. to get up and down a mountain.
1: It is. And and there's um, a lot of uh, logistical challenges that you don't think of. Um, I'm also very excited about the new lifts. We've already opened one of them, which was the Pioneers Lift in the, in the beginner area. And so... Uh, our pass holders and, and visitors have already been able to ride that now for about a week. Uh, but you're totally right. Like, um, from just pulling the old lifts off the mountain to just clearing the space for the new lift is a challenge in itself. Uh, we, um, recently promoted, um, a longtime employer named Rachel Moscarella, um, to the mountain ops project manager position. And she did an amazing job overseeing those projects this year. So as soon as we closed back in April, These projects started from, you know, some snow removal to getting some of the old infrastructure out of there and starting to prep for the new infrastructure. And one of the things that we were able to kind of, I would say, witness from afar last year is that a lot of resorts um, struggled with some of the supply chain issues that kind of came out of COVID and things like that. Um, with some of these lift projects, they got delayed into the season. Uh, so we kind of came into this year being like, we're not going to let that happen. You know, let's really work closely with the lift manufacturers to to make sure we don't make some of those mistakes. And it it went great. Um, so the Pioneers Lift was the first lift to be essentially certified um, in the country for that lift manufacturing company. And then lift four had uh, what's called a load test uh, which is essentially kind of that last engineering test to put it through all its, you know, stops and starts and everything before we put public on the lift. Uh, that happened uh, about a week and a half ago. So um, by the time we're ready to open up lift four, um, as snowmaking and snow conditions allow, that the new lift is ready.
0: Cool. And is that in, so is that going to be a high speed lift as well? It is. Okay, it cool. is
1: um, uh, essentially um, very similar to Lift One. So cool. if everybody remembers, we replaced Lift One in 2018 with a high speed detachable lift. Lift Four is the same thing. Uh, so it's going to cut that ride time in half, which everybody's excited about because some of the best train on the mountain, as we know, is, is both the backside train off Lift Four, but also the access to Kachina Peak. Uh, And then we shifted the bottom terminal over uh, to the west a little bit. Um, The top terminal is in the same location, uh, so the bottom terminal got shifted over a little bit, which we're also really excited about because it just the flow of kind of skiers coming down to the Phoenix and the Bavarian is going to really open it up.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that could always be a bit of a hairy spot, you know, with people kind of (laughs) slamming in trying to get their – Roots done on right. the lift, and mm-hmm. then you know, people can be like, Oh, I'm just getting done with lunch exactly. Kind of yeah. Experience, totally. yeah. So, that's <laughs> that's pretty good planning there. That's so exciting, yeah. And that is a really long chair ride. So, having that be a is that the longest meterage? It, it
1: was the longest ride time, yep. Okay, um, gotcha f- for the mountain. And so, yeah, it essentially cuts it in half. So, you're looking at now about a five minute ride.
0: I remember getting yeah. cold in that lift, definitely, you know, waiting to yeah. get back and get. And the other again. thing, too,
1: that, that we're really excited about is just the summer access, and so. Um, totally. We, we put the mountain bike park on hold this year um, so that we could build that lift. So next year we'll open it back up for mountain biking and scenic chair ride. Awesome. And for the mountain bikers, um, you know, that was a really long lift because we had to slow it down for the summer. So it's it's going to um, have a lot of benefits.
0: Do you all still do the um, kind of like that rock climbing experience uh, over – off of Lift 4 as well?
1: We do. It's yeah. it's called a Via Ferrata, and uh, I guess we're coming into about four seasons now um, with the Via Ferrata and starting to really, folks who maybe haven't, you know, really known about it before or kind of don't know what it is, it's actually one of the best introductions to outdoor recreation because it's a very kind of, I would say, controlled environment with a guide and things like that. So that's another uh, great opportunity for for awesome. Lift 4 in the summer.
0: We know that we have an awesome new lift. What are some other exciting things that you're really you know, pumped about for this 2023-2024 20, 20, season up at TSV?
1: Yeah, and I've had the opportunity to, to um, do a lot of kind of preseason talks, which I love because yeah. um, I love uh, what we're doing up there and really proud of what the teams have done and what we're offering. Uh, and one of the things I just kind of keep going back to as part of this conversation is is, like, fun – we want people to come up there and have more fun, especially we know that it's challenging for outdoor recreation in the winter. We're going to start making it easier. We're going to start making it more affordable in some aspects. Um, so in terms of kind of what's new, a lot of what's new is centered around getting people out there, having more fun. So in addition to the lifts, uh, we have three new terrain um, trails, and which doesn't happen very often. It's a Um, kind of a byproduct of some of the forest health work we've done and some of the blowdown events that we had, and and finally kind of getting our arms around a little bit of that cleanup. Uh, So three new runs, uh, the two new lifts. um, We are – one of the things we heard from a lot of guests, locals, pass holders, everybody in between is, you know, I had a great experience from 9 to 4, and then when the lift shut off, there was like nothing to do, you know? And we are like, yep, loud and clear. We don't disagree with you, so let's really start working on that. Um, so we're, we're building in, um, weekly activation programs that include, uh, free yoga, um, uh, some movie nights, ice skating, um, events centered around the ice skating. We introduced some ice bocce on the rink the other day. We're going to have that be a part of it. Uh, the martini tree is reopening, which I know a lot of people are excited about. So we're going to have a trivia night. We're going to have football on the TVs. We're going to have, um, live music Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so that's a big part of, um, what we're offering this, this, uh, or what's new, I should say, um, is, is really kind of that fun and that activation off the mountain, knowing that the lifts, the terrain, the snow, the mountain is, is so special. So let's try to keep that going after four o'clock.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I I remember, um, you know, as a kid going to TSV and like the Martini Tree and the St. Bernard's Bar to just mm-hmm. having lots of fun live music. So it's really great yeah. to hear that you all are encouraging that. Again, there's so many awesome local music acts. Around. And and
1: that's primarily what is going to be um, playing at the Martini Tree. They did a really cool process of kind of open auditions and throw it out to anybody that wanted to come up there. And so um it's it's pretty much all local and regional acts that are gonna be playing at the martini tree.
0: Well yeah. we're gonna take a quick break right. and we'll be right back. We'll be back to Voices of Taos after a brief message from our sponsor. Hi, this is Mattress Mary from Taos Lifestyle. Happy Holidays! In addition to having the largest selection of furnishings and mattresses in northern New Mexico, we're also your new gift-giving headquarters with an incredible greeting card selection, custom holiday gift baskets, and so much more. Wishing you all a beautiful holiday season. Taos Lifestyle, let it move. And we're back talking with John Kelly from Towski Valley. He is the chief operating officer. And we're having a discussion about the upcoming season, but also I guess I should say the current season because it is
1: going now. Yeah, we've been open for a week.
0: So something that came up a little bit before the break is we talked about the affordability of um, winter sports, especially skiing and snowboarding, between the equipment and the lifts and even having winter clothes that keep you warm and safe outside. It can be pretty expensive. So Mm -hmm. And that's not just at TSV. We hear that from locals who, you know, go to anywhere in northern New Mexico. What is TSV doing to kind of help mitigate some of those expenses so locals can get outside as well as people who are visiting?
1: And this is something that we're really excited uh, on, some of the initiatives that we're bringing to this season that we haven't in the past. And I I don't think – probably the ski resort in a really long time has has introduced some of these initiatives. So uh, it's, it's definitely something that's really top of mind for us. I mean, the, the future of the sport itself, um, you know, depends on more people learning the sport, loving the sport you know, and doing it on a regular basis. So, uh, we want to make sure that we're providing opportunities to do that. So a couple things um, that, that we're rolling out, um, both kind of repeating and then introducing new, is uh, we're here next weekend, um, I guess, maybe after this this podcast airs. Probably um, the day of, <laughs> the day actually. Of. Okay. Yeah, this
0: should come out on December 9th, you know, all things in the media world willing. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> well, December 9th and 10th is our second annual community weekend. We want as many people to come up. There's going to be free first time uh, beginner lessons that include free rentals as part of that lesson, uh, free lift ticket for pioneers um, on that lift. There's gonna be free ice skating. There's gonna be Santa Claus. There's gonna be a lot of nonprofits from the community coming up. We'll have a movie, uh, just a lot of fun activities. Uh, we did this last year's the first year and we were blown away uh, and and really just kind of love to see that energy of people coming up and join the mountains. And so we're going to do the second annual community weekend, but then we're also introducing stuff to get people up there throughout the winter. So uh, for the first time, as, as far as I'm aware, we're introducing a Taos County resident program uh, that provides um, that allows for free skiing on the Pioneer's Lift. Um, and it, just to clarify, it's, it's not necessarily up mountain or lift one. This is really geared towards uh, the folks that have never skied before or want to, or maybe they've skied once and they want to kind of get more comfortable with the sport before maybe they make a bigger commitment, you know? Uh, so, um, we are offering, uh, Taos County residents the ability to come up to the the ticket window, show their, show their Taos County driver's license ID and get a free ticket for the pioneers lift. Uh, the same thing is true for the ice skating rink, uh, show your Taos County ID and you'll get to ice skate for free. Same thing for uh, the rental shop. It'll be 50% off rentals, Um, and then also 10% discounts in just the retail and the food and beverage outlets as well. So we're thrilled. Um, we, we really hope people take advantage of this. There are some, um, uh, kind of blackout dates. Um, this is not, uh, available on Saturdays and during holidays, just because of, um, you know, we want people to have a really enjoyable experience up there when they come up for these programs, not necessarily to, um, you know, wait in a line and things like that on some of our busier days. So, uh, in addition to that, uh, we are um, rolling into um, our school group sign-up timeframe, um, and that starts in January, but that's about over 900 kids, and uh, that averages out to only about $33 a day over five weeks for lessons, rentals, lunch, um, tickets, everything is all included. Uh, so yeah, there's there's um, a lot of programs out there that hopefully are kind of geared towards those folks that... Um, either want to do it for the first time or maybe they haven't done it in a while. And then, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on is some of the maybe in terms of kind of the affordability piece of folks that have skied a lot before. And maybe they're kind of on the cusp of um, committing to a season pass or not. Uh, one of the things we've done the last couple of years is offered um, a variety of season pass options, uh, some that, um, you know, that we think are at a pretty good price point. Um considering kind of the full season. So we have a value pass. Uh, We've now offered a, what's called a high noon pass. Um, So it's uh, available essentially afternoon each day, a midweek pass. So trying to find a couple different options for people that they've learned how to ski, they love skiing. um, And, you know, something that is uh, the, you know, the kids passes um, started out in kind of the $200, $250 range um, for some of those options. Uh, back in the spring. So if you're somebody that is, um, you know, wanting to get up there more, maybe ready to commit to a pass, really think about some of those other options, those more value kind of priced options that we'll announce in the spring. Do you have any
0: suggestions like, oh, man, one of the harder things I think about, even for me, I have to buy new boots this year. It's Mm -hmm. been 10 years since I have had ski boots. Where are some like affordable ways to like find skis and boots and boards and... Etc. You know, if you are just trying to figure out if you enjoy this, I know you all offer that great discount that you just talked about Mm -hmm. for for Taos County residents. But, you know, if you were interested in buying something, where are some places people could
1: look? Yeah. And and we just passed the ski swap. Right. So I think um, I know it's kind of a little after the fact, but but heading into next year, if that's something you're interested in, there's a lot of good deals at the ski swap that happens in October. Um, you know, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, you have a ski swap, but obviously Taos does as well. Uh, so kind of looking at next year, um, that's always a great option. But yeah, to your point, that's part of the intention is with this 50% off rentals is go up there and, you know, at a, at a discounted rate, kind of figure out what boots feel right to you. You know, do you want to ski? Do you want to snowboard? What size boots do you like? What size skis do you like? Um, so that you kind of have that confidence before maybe you make the commitment of, Um, Purchasing the gear, Uh, there's definitely some shops around town that I think sell, um, you know, last year's or or kind of um, used equipment at a a discounted rate. So I would encourage folks to do that as well. Um, One of the things we did last year for community weekend is uh, we gave out, you know, over uh, I think around 200 sets of kids' gear. we're not going to be able to do that this year. We will likely do that next year. So if you think about kind of how rental gear works, it's a little bit of a cycle um, where, for our standpoint, um, we'll, we'll, we're definitely committed to doing that um, as it lines up with the cycle of the gear.
0: Totally. Because yeah. you have to – yeah, you get a couple mm-hmm. years, like, letting them be used as rental equipment, and then they get passed on. Yep, yeah. exactly. Okay. So um, – what is exciting you about this industry? I mean, it is a challenging one for sure because climate change, ha- change is happening. Like you said, there is some aging out of people who are really active skiers and boarders. It's You all are trying to get you know younger mm-hmm. people involved, but it's definitely a challenge. So we've been reading in the ski and boarding magazines all these kind of negative things over mm-hmm. the years. What excites you about this industry?
1: It's a great question, and and um, Laura, to your credit, that is not a question I've been asked in a lot of these interviews. So I I, I think it's a great topic and a great question. Just like any industry, right? Um, you know what what gave what kind of created success in the past is not going to create success in the future for the ski industry. And while that could be um, daunting or kind of overwhelming, that is what excites me, right? It, it is thinking about um, what is the way, you know, what is the evolution of passes and tickets and, and um, kind of figuring out how to get new people into the to the sport. Because to your point, um, you know, this sport has been, uh, I would say, built or kind of um, uh, found success through the baby boomer generation that is not necessarily um, skiing as much anymore. And, and, you know, trying to make sure that as many people that are leaving the sport are getting introduced to the sport and coming into it. So uh, that's um, a challenge, but it's an exciting challenge. And that's one of our intentions this year with some of these programs, things like that. So that that's absolutely a big one in terms of um, what I'm excited about figuring out, not just for Taos, but um, also you know for the ski industry as a whole. The other thing too, to your point about climate change and environmental initiatives, ski resorts are on the front line of the challenges of that. And, and every year gives us something different. And we got to really figure out um, how to adapt to that. One of the things that Taos is doing, um, I mean, we, we are kind of on the front, um, kind of the leading edge um, of other ski resorts of some of our envir- environmental initiatives that we're really proud of. Uh, one of the things this year is we're, um, we just purchased nine new electric snowmobiles. Um, we have a, a new hybrid um, snowcat. And then in January, we're gonna be home to the uh, first fully electric snowcat in North America. So that's the stuff that's really exciting, right? Where is um, not just ski resorts, but um, kind of the, the lift manufacturers, the snowcat manufacturers, all these suppliers, what are they also doing? Because we're very dependent on them for, for, you know, the equipment and things like that to evolve as well. So while it's challenging, while it's daunting, um, it is also what excites me about, you know, my career and, and, and kind of what Taos can do moving forward.
0: Wow, yeah, snowcats are just such huge machines. It's kind of crazy to think of them being powered,
1: right? By electricity. Yeah, that's
0: really cool. And that's and that's
1: why it's taken us a little longer than we thought to to get this machine. We um, thought we were gonna have one of them last year. Uh, there, there's been prototypes in Europe and things like that. So, um, but we. Uh, from Prenoth, which is the snow cat manufacturer that we're working with, they Ooh. have given us a, a high sense of confidence that it'll get delivered in January. How so,
0: exciting. Yeah, and yeah. it's
1: it's probably going to get used to groom a lot of the beginner train down at the bottom because it's a little smaller cat, things like that.
0: So we're winding up. I really want to know, what's your favorite run at Towski Valley?
1: There's so many, right? Uh, and, it, and it definitely changes on the day. Totally. I, I, well, we can do like, you know, <laughs> right. for
0: like beginning of season favorite run versus, yeah. you know, if we've been socked in and we have mm-hmm. like a good foot of powder, like what what, what your those two runs
1: would be. Totally. So I, I guess I would first have to say that um, my favorite run is typically the one that I'm following my kids down because that is like the coolest thing ever. And just to see... Their growth and their progression on this mountain, you know, I think everybody that lives in Taos and is and has grown up in Taos knows that like you learn to ski at Taos, you can ski anywhere in the world, right? Um, so that that's been really special. But for me personally, uh, it's hard to beat Hunziker from top to bottom um, when that's open, and and uh, just I love that part of the mountain.
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. beautiful, and the views from there are just pretty pretty mm-hmm. special. I have to say, like. I might still have Porcupine as one of my favorite runs, just being able to, yeah. you know, do some really big, right, wide turns on that. Totally. But, you yeah. know, Hunziker would be up there, too. It's such yeah. a beautiful run. So
1: And, and for everybody, um, I guess, again, this is going to uh, air in a week or so, but uh, we are opening lift one, Friday, December 1st, um, and then... Uh, our progression after that is going to be um, pretty quick to lift two, then around the world into the backside. So our snowmaking team's working really hard, and um, regardless of what Mother Nature gives us, um, we're feeling really confident about how we're going to open up this mountain in the next couple weeks
0: we're hoping that it's an El Nino year and we get some solid powder as well, hopefully. In this definitely. Season.
1: And, yeah. you know, the it seems like that is tracking um, well. And, and so Taos is is definitely favored on these years. And so we have the same optimism that everybody else does, for sure.
0: Great. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining us, John. Um, it's a pleasure to have you with us. And we're super excited for this coming season.
1: We are too. and we, And again, we hope to see everybody up there, whether you've never done it before and you just want to come up to ice skate and have some hot cocoa or whether you um, are a a 30-year pass holder or a first-year pass holder, I look forward to seeing you on the mountain.
0: Thank you for joining us for Voices of Taos, a podcast by The Taos News. This episode was produced by Laura Martin Baseman. Music by Miles Bonney. Please join us next week for another episode of Voices of Taos.